0: Welcome to today's podcast. My name is John Pride and I trust you will be blessed by what you hear. May God impart his knowledge, reveal his understanding, and give you his wisdom as you live the wisdom of God. Plan how your standard of living will change once you do not have any more credit card payments or car payments or student loan payments or a house payment. And eventually you will, eventually you'll get those others paid off and you'll be able to pay off your house payment. You might have to do it in segments. You know, for example, if you had, I'm just giving an example, if you had a $100,000 house and you might have saved up, uh, say, $30,000, then you could refinance, say the interest rates are low right now, then you could refinance it, put the 30000 now, you're only financing $70,000. let us don't do it for 30 years, let's do it for 15, you know, things like that. And you might have to do that two or three times to get it completely paid off, but you eventually will. And then when you do, just like when you have your car paid for, if you have your car paid for, you're going to have some value in that car for the next one you buy. Let's just say, for example, if you get your, you know, make your payments and, and, and pay it off early and you have a car that you own now, now you have some equity or some value in that car. So the next time you go buy one, you won't have to finance 100% of it for seven years. That's what they want to do. I went and bought a car here not long ago. And, the, of course, I know their game. I understand their game. He says, uh, you want to finance it for seven years? I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm paying cash. I said, I understand your game. <laughs> I said, they want you to finance it for as long as they can because they're making all that interest. Plus, they amortize it. We've talked about what amortization is. Just like in your home loans, they do the same thing on car loans. For example, if it's seven years, If you finance a car for seven years, the amortization schedule, for example, if you get a car payment of, say, $300, the first payment, uh, maybe $290 of it may be in interest. Maybe $10 is in principal. The last payment on the end of the last month of the seven years is just the opposite, whereas $290 of it would be going towards your principal. And and just very little. So the game they're playing is they know you're going to probably sell that car before seven years. So what happens is your 4% interest rate you think you're getting is much, much higher because you have paid all that interest up front. See what I'm saying? Understand the game, what they're doing, and try to avoid playing it their way. So I, I said, no, no. I said, I'm paying cash. They said, okay. <laughs> 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 they're not going to turn that down, but it's not their preference. Because they know they're going to make money over the next seven years on you. Seek counsel and devise a plan of action. Seek counsel with wise people and, 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 and also the Holy Spirit. And devise a plan of action. Write it down. Be disciplined. See it before you. Put it on a board. On your calendar, on your day time, or whatever it may be. Have a plan of action and stick with it. Do not break it. Example of, okay, I'll give you an example of a person who I know uh, just recently who recently lost 80 pounds. He had a scare, actually, a heart issue that had caused him to make the decision to make some changes. He seeked the knowledge of what he should be eating and doing to lose weight. He got determined. He was focused and he got focused. Pastor's been talking about that. Get focused. He set his sights on the goal of losing 80 pounds and to get his body in much healthier condition. He made a choice and then followed up with specific decisive action that carried him to his goal. What did it take? It took self-discipline on his part. Did he have that same self-discipline on the inside of him before? Yes, he did. But it took a decision that he was serious about. One that he would live by and be determined to obtain the goal. Regardless of what brief moments of satisfaction it may cost him. Let it sink. Let me read it again. It took self-discipline. Did he have that same discipline on the inside before? Yes, he did. And you do too. But it took a decision that he was serious about, one that he would live by and be determined to obtain the goal. Regardless of what brief moments of satisfaction it may cost him. See, he had been feeding the flesh, so to speak, in the past, but he had made a decision no more. He realized the big prize at the end was much more important to him than a bunch of little brief treats to his flesh. Literally. (laughs) His physical life was at stake here. It was serious. He wanted to be here alive to enjoy his time with his family as well as himself. But the same level of commitment to become debt free is what a person must have. You have it within you. You just have to make that choice, that decision to be focused, be determined, be relentless, be consistent Focused, determined, relentless, and consistent. And those qualities will, should carry over after you're debt-free. Amen. These are qualities associated with operating in wisdom and living in, with the wisdom. After you're debt-free, be focused, be determined, be relentless, be consistent. You will see your financial position grow stronger and stronger from those qualities. They must look at it as a very serious matter that requires a decisive decision on your part. A decisive decision. That's all it takes. One that will change, and you'll be proud of yourself afterwards. One that will change the way you think. Pastor's been talking about that lately. Changing the way we think, renewing our minds. One that will change the way you think. A sense of urgency is what you must have. A sense of urgency about finances, about spending, about earning, about saving. And this carries over into other areas of life as well. As as the example I just gave in the health, as also personal relationships. Make a decision to change if you need to change in your personal relationships. It's just a decision away. The drive to obtain the prize was sup- will supersede the temptation of falling back into spending more than you're capable of paying for. There are several key words i want to repeat. The drive to obtain the prize will supersede the temptation of falling back into spending more than you're capable of paying for. Sometimes in order to obtain the results that are the best for you, you must hear instruction from wise counsel. And seek wise counsel. Get that. And it should settle with your spirit. It should agree. Your spirit should agree with that when you hear wise words that's coming from the Lord. Also, ask the Holy Spirit other ways for you to earn or to receive additional revenue. Don't be settled for just your job. God has other ways that you can earn income. And that way you won't be so dependent upon that job. In case there's a downturn or a layoff or something, you won't be uh, just... uh, no, not knowing what to do. you have other sources. And other sources, if you seek the, ask the Holy Spirit what they are and then follow through on them. And once you get those established and they will grow, eventually they may be more than what you, your job is. But increase your revenue and decrease your expenses. Now, I know that's a real deep statement. But it's it's really it's something that I've said in many times in the past. But increase your revenue and decrease your expenses. That's simply put. But it is an underlying way to becoming debt-free and continuing beyond that, getting stronger. You don't always have to live that way. After you get debt-free and start getting strong, you can start rewarding yourself a little bit. You know, God wants life and life more abundantly. See, we've got to get out of debt in order to get to there. We got, in order to get life and life more abundantly, it's not living under a whole bunch of debt. It's got you burdened down. That's not what God's best. He wants you to live life and life more abundantly. And there's a way. That's right. Romans 8 27 says, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes, he, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Notice the mind of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind is like, just like you've got a mind. He communicates with you through your mind. And you should have a peace in your spirit when he does. Brainstorming with the Holy Spirit. That's what each of us must do. Amen? Thank you, Father. I do it all the time. In my business, in my my personal life, brainstorming with the Holy Spirit. And in order to brainstorm, you have to ask, you have to talk to him. Talk to him, hear from him. It's a communication back and forth, brainstorming with the Holy Spirit. God put on my heart, too, to sh- also go over something I went over last week, and somebody asked me to, to, to do this as well. The kingdom of God is, is what powers you. It's talking about, the pastor's been talking about the kingdom of God and how important it is, and it is extremely important. Matter of fact, that's why Jesus gave so many analogies about the kingdom of God and talked about it in the Bible. And he talked about it in terms of a kingdom, because the people back in those days lived under, in a kingdom, and they understood kingdom rule. And so it helped them to, to understand what, uh, how God's got it set up. The way he uh, has provided you with power and authority. The word kingdom is found, if you remember last week, 162 times in the New Testament. All with the very same Greek meaning. That is to rule, royalty, a realm, R-E-A-L-M, and a kingdom. Those are the Greek words that describe the word kingdom. Now God in this kingdom. God is, is the king. You're the royalty. You're members of the royal family. You exercise power. And exercise authority. Or to rule. In a realm or a kingdom. Now to rule here. the means to exercise. Dominating power. Not just power. Dominating power to rule. You are to rule and you have the power and authority to do so. But it's not just possessing or having the power and authority, which each of us have. But it's the decision to exercise that dominating power that you have to rule. To exercise authority, dominion, or sovereignty. Nothing has a chance when you exercise dominating power over it. Now, the word royalty here means royal status, dignity of power, or sovereignty. A person of royal lineage. That's who you are. A member of a royal family. Now, this is important. Let me finish a couple of definitions, and I'll state that. Realm means a royal domain or a kingdom or an area over which you rule. A domain means the territory governed by a single ruler, in this case a capital R with, with God as the king. And sovereignty means supreme and independent power or authority in government. See the words power and authority keep coming up over and over because that is what God is trying to get to you. And Jesus was trying to teach the disciples and everyone that's reading the Bible is the kingdom of His God is, is the power and authority that God the father has. You have too as members of the royal family. You have the same power and the same authority. Do not think you got anything less. And that's what he's saying, that you have the very same. And that's the reason it says there to exercise it, use it, utilize it, because it's available to you. It's one thing possessing it or having it. It's another thing when you start exercising it. That's when you start seeing results in your life. And how do you do that? You open your mouth and you start speaking it. You start speaking it in the name of Jesus you have the power and the authority. Thank you for joining me today. I pray that wisdom will be in every decision you make and that God's goodness and blessing will be released into your life.